0: This is breaking bread with brilliant babes. I'm your host, Tatiana Jimenez. We're recording today in my tiny apartment in San Francisco, and our guest, Rika Penanen, is joining us remotely from Helsinki, Finland. Hi, Rika. Hi, Tatiana. <laughs> Thanks so much <laughs> for being on the show. For any, thank for, you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For any first-time listeners out there, our purpose is to shed some light on everyday people doing brilliant things. I typically invite them into my home, cook a meal, and then we eat together and chat about their careers and how they got where they are today. Today, I'm enjoying what I'm calling Tatiana's incredibly unique avocado toast. So, Rika, can you start by telling us a little about what you're doing currently and your career history up until this point?
1: Sure. Sure. So I currently work as a communications coordinator for the Helsinki International Film Festival, Mm -hmm. Love and Anarchy. In addition, I'm also a freelance journalist. I'm also a freelance researcher and I also do like freelance publicity work and I mainly work in film. I do film research and when I do articles, I do both like academic and also editorial articles and they mainly relate to film about my career history. I fell in love with films as a kid. My mom used to watch a lot of classic films, like Gone with the Wind, Marilyn Monroe films, Elizabeth Taylor films. And I also saw like hardcore films as a kid, like Taxi Driver and Mm. The Silence of the Lambs when I was like maybe 10 years old. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Tellman and Louise was one of my favorite films as a a child. But yeah, I guess I was inspired by that. And and also my grandparents were, they were actors, and they worked at, like, mainly on stage. My grandpa worked at the Finnish National Theatre, and he actually retired the year I was born, but I was always, like, very drawn. They also did, like, film and TV work, or especially my grandpa did. And I was very, I don't know, just drawn to the whole, you know, being an actor, film, the whole, like, myth of being an actor or a star, mm. especially, you know, all these incredible stars of the Hollywood golden age. Right. So I think that's what led me to studying film. So I did a Bachelor on Film Studies in Scotland at the University of Aberdeen and then I did an MA at the University of Westminster in London on film studies and I specialized on star studies Um, and also I was like a huge fangirl in general so I used to you know build websites, I learned about HTML, a bit Mm -hmm. of Photoshop, you know how to put together a website so I've been doing website stuff since I was maybe 12 you know the sort of early days of the internet in the 90s in the late 90s that's so cool it it was yeah it was Mm -hmm. these like two passions that I've been able to sort of you know join in my career because I do still like a lot of website stuff and I do social media is one of the one of my passions
0: Mm
1: -hmm. uh that I do in like communications roles yeah I got my first job at a film festival in 2010, so that was quite a while ago. And then, yeah, after that, like, whilst I was studying, I was doing part-time work in marketing and communications as well. And when I got back to Finland, yeah, I moved back from the UK in 2012, and I started networking quite heavily, and then I was recruited to work at the National Audiovisual Archive here in Mm -hmm. Helsinki which is like the Finnish Film Archive. And yeah, I think my career really
0: took off from there. Mm -hmm. That's terrific. So it sounds like after school, after you finished your master's, you were doing research and you've always kind of had the coding background, the website background, the interest in social media. So then how did you translate or transition from being a researcher to being a publicist?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think I've always been naturally drawn to communications. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's. I think, what I'm naturally good at. And I think as communications these days rely so heavily on, like, you know, the internet. Yeah. And especially social media. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, since I did my first job at a film festival in 2010, I think, yeah, it really started from there. Yeah. Because, um, like, yeah, like marketing, communications, they all link so heavily mm-hmm. together so it's something, cause being a film historian or being a researcher, a film researcher, it doesn't always pay the bills. So right. I sort of had to have like a backup
0: mm-hmm. career
1: and it's I never really studied any of that, but it's just something I started doing as a hobby, I guess, yeah. originally. And then, yeah, it became like a job as well. Yeah. But I, I really love that I'm able to do multiple things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm able to do communications and PR, but I also still do research and like freelance journalist work so and I love that it all links to my main passion which is film mm-hmm. so
0: yeah yeah very cool. So when was the moment that you felt that you broke into your industry or role?
1: I, I don't know like if I still have that feeling that I've like fully broken into my industry <laughs> or my role uh-huh. I feel like my career or, or myself I'm always like a work in progress. But I suppose whenever you get asked to do a job, you know, Mm -hmm. like when you don't apply, but when someone actually asks you to do something, I don't know, it gives me the feeling that people recognize my work and my potential. Yeah. But I, yeah, when I moved back to Helsinki after living in the UK for um, seven years, I feel like I hadn't really networked in here Mm -hmm. or anything. And then there was someone at the film Archive who recognized my potential and I got my first job doing research stuff mm-hmm. and it was such a big moment for me. Yes. And I also the first time I worked under the the publicist title at a film festival, it was mm-hmm. also a big moment for yeah. me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, this is really happening. This is <laughs>
1: Exactly. Exactly. <Yeah. laughs>
0: That's very cool. So along your career journey, did you have a mentor and Are you now in a place where you feel that you can be a mentor to others?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm a mentor per se myself, but Mm -hmm. there are definitely people who I feel really value my opinion and whose opinion I value. So I feel like there's this exchange. We Mm -hmm. go back and forth sort of like mentoring and championing each other. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Yeah, But I do feel like I have a few key mentors for sure. One of them is called Yuhase Tayarvi. And he is, he's a, like a Finnish film researcher at mm-hmm. the National Audiovisual Archive, and he's the one who really saw my potential upon m- first meeting and recruited me at, at the Film Archive. He's like like a dictionary. <laughs> When it comes to Finnish film, mm. he's extremely passionate about what he does. He is, I really don't know anyone who knows as much about Finnish film as he does.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, so I really feel like I want to be him when I grow up.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>
1: and another one uh, is Anna Mettela. uh She's the executive director of the Helsinki International Film Festival. We started working together at the, the archives. So we've actually worked together since 2013. And yeah, she's now my boss at the the Helsinki International Film Festival. But she's one of the hardest working people that I know. Mm -hmm. She's extremely driven, very passionate about her work.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I feel like she has a clear vision, but she always takes other people into account and like really values everyone's opinion. And it's so cool to work with her because I feel like, yeah, she values my vision as well and yeah the opinion of everyone that she works with and yeah whenever I get to work with her I feel like we're really pushing and like working towards real change in Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in film or in the festival film festival industry and really pushing for more inclusion and she's also very generous with giving me advice like relating to my career. Mm
0: -hmm. Wonderful! (laughs) the opposite end of the that positive spectrum <laughs> what was your biggest career obstacle so far slash shittiest moment
1: I think you know as a millennial you sort of go into studying whatever you feel like studying especially I think in Europe or in Finland where all, all education is free so, oh. yeah, I think it, it's probably different for the U.S. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, for us, like, university is free. And also, like, university in the U.K. or in Scotland was free for us as well. Yeah, when you apply for your degree, you don't really think about, like, the practical side of what you're actually mm-hmm. going to do. So, yeah, when I applied to study film, I really didn't think about what I would actually do with a film studies degree. After I graduated, it was really hard to find a job mm-hmm. in film. Especially in London, where there is very heavy competition, so I ended up doing a job that I really didn't enjoy, that I wasn't very passionate about, mm-hmm. uh, and I was also going through some personal stuff, like a family member had passed. Mm-hmm. So I was basically forced to move away from London, where I, you know, which is a city that I really love and still love, mm-hmm. and I had to return to Helsinki. So yeah, I would say that was the shittiest moment for me, both in my personal and in my career-wise mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. But yeah, it turned out that moving back to Helsinki was actually a really good thing, because I got a job at the Film Archive just a few months after coming back. So
0: That's, yeah, it really yeah.
1: turned everything around. So
0: Yeah, yeah. So I guess, what would you say was your biggest opportunity so far slash best moment?
1: yeah I would say continuing the same story yeah, like, yeah. it would be <laughs> coming back to Helsinki I was like okay I'm, I'm here I don't have a job I don't I haven't networked I haven't <clears throat> lived here for seven years so yeah I really I literally have no connections within the, the Finnish film industry mm-hmm. but I was like oh I'm just gonna you know write some online articles work on my blog and then yeah I meet someone who really believes in me, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I get, like, a really cool job working as, at the film archive, so yeah, yeah I, I literally cried when I was asked, like, Aww. if I wanted to work there, it was, like, so cool. I think other highlights has been a couple of years ago when I was still working at the film archive, we also have an archive cinema called Orion, which is, like, an incredible... Art Deco, 1920s, original cinema, just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Every evening, they show films. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, one year, me and my friends got to curate a season of 1990s teen films. So Ooh. we got to show all of our favorites, our favorite 90s films, most of them on film. And it turned out to be a huge hit. So, yeah, wow. it was very cool. mm
0: mm-hmm. That's so neat.
1: Definitely one of my highlights, career highlights.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So I'm also curious about, because to me, you know, being unfortunately like American centric, like Finland seems like such a small country to me. So when you have film festivals like that, this is such like an ignorant question, but do you have like enough content? (laughs) Like like enough films? Okay. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we do. I mean, at the film festival, for example, we usually have around 170 films. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> uh, and like almost 500 screenings. Wow. Um, so I guess we get titles from all around the world. So oh, okay. Europe, you know, Europe right. also has a very thriving So it's uh, not just no. Finnish
0: films. It's like international film festival. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. it's an international yeah. film festival.
1: Okay. So like l- like we actually have like a very small minority of the films. It's, it's our okay from Finland, so most of them are from, you know, the US and Europe and Asia. Yeah. yeah, just from all around the world.
0: That's so interesting. So, I guess, when you guys host those kinds of festivals, would you, I guess, are all of the films that are not in Finnish, are they subtitled?
1: In uh, Finnish? Not all. Okay. Um, since I think the majority of them are English, mm-hmm. like spoken in English yeah or then they have like usually English subtitles Mm -hmm. um because we also have like an international audience it's not just uh, um who come to the festival so yeah either they're like spoken in English or then they Uh have English subtitles Uh and then some like it's mainly we also have some films that are sort of like pre-screenings and then they're Uh like distributed um yeah, in in cinemas in Finland later, so then those films might have finished up titles, but okay, but yeah, like it's again, it's like a smaller part of films that will, will actually you know show in cinemas later. It's mainly mm-hmm. films that you wouldn't get to see in Finland
0: right yeah,
1: otherwise so
0: yeah, and then just out of my again my own curiosity, aren't there like yeah. four main languages that are spoken in Finland because you guys are close to so many other countries too. Mm-hmm. So, I imagine my guess would be like Finnish, English, probably Swedish or like German okay. or something. Is yeah, that about right? Uh, not German, but. Not German? Uh, okay. Finland
1: is officially bilingual. So, oh, it's okay. like our two official languages are Finnish and Swedish. Okay. And then also, basically, everyone speaks English as well. Okay. And then we are on the border of Russia as well. So we're like in between Sweden and Russia. So um, I don't speak Russian myself. And like, you know, you don't have to. It's not compulsory Mm -hmm. to study Russian. But I I would say probably like quite, not a large chunk, but like a bunch of people speak Russian as well. Cool.
0: (laughs) How fun. I want to. So I took Russian in college. I'm half Russian. So now mm. I want to, like, take a class again. I've been trying to, like, relearn it on Duolingo. Maybe I could speak to some Russians when I'm there. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> See what happens. But, exactly. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> on this show, I also like to highlight what I call hidden talents. So things that are significant to our lives that we might not add to our resumes or are necessarily work-related So I think one of the things we kind of touched upon earlier, and we could talk about your other like many hidden talents and interests, but Mm -hmm. you mentioned that you started, you know, teaching yourself how to build websites. And I learned from your LinkedIn that you were the web mistress for a very interesting fan website. Do you want to talk about that?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I used to run the approved fan website of Actress and director and activist Rose McGowan. Yeah. Between, <laughs> I, I think we opened in 2007 and then we just closed it last year. So it was, you know, it was open for 10 years. Yeah. Uh, although it wasn't quite as active in the last few years, in, in several years actually. Mm-hmm. But, but she was sort of going through downtime herself really getting more into like activism and and also directing and stuff like that yeah. but but yeah
0: Yeah I think that's so cool and especially just her activism and you know speaking out about Harvey Weinstein and I just think she's so fascinating and I think that's that's really cool that you were involved in some way with (laughs) her work or just promoting her work I think she's great.
1: I agree she's I feel like she's always been a badass like Mm -hmm. I remember I saw Scream like when it came out in the late 90s and like I just like fell in love with her when Mm -hmm. I saw her she was just so sassy and so fun and so just whip whip smart yeah. in the film. that I was just like, wow, I want to be everything that she is. Yeah. And she's been such an inspiration throughout the years. Especially with her activism and all the Harvey Weinstein. Like she was one of the first people to really speak out
0: mm-hmm.
1: on him and like everything that happened. So
0: yeah. yeah, she is.
1: She's badass.
0: And just thinking about your love of classic film and you know, classic the 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 golden age of film, you know, was manufacturing these female and also male movie mm. stars. And you know, yeah. she was kind of they tried to do the same thing with Rose McGowan. Like she was this exactly. she was this bombshell, but she also had a brain. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly
1: for sure yeah mm-hmm. I, I really feel like she resembles those really strong badass mm-hmm. starlets of the golden age of hollywood cinema so yeah i yeah. do too
0: very cool so i know another thing that we talked about and we shared on instagram and facebook is that you're also very involved in that positivity do you want to talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit and like what that is why it's really important
1: yeah um I think I discovered, I first heard about fat positivity, positivity, and like through zines and stuff like that when I was quite young. because I grew up with Riot Girl and, yes. you know, I was very in Zines yeah, and like, you know, mm-hmm. feminist punk rock and stuff like that. So I feel like I've sort of grown up with body positivity. I feel like a lot of brands have discovered body positivity these past couple of years, and I feel like yeah everyone is using that title to sort of sell products so sadly I feel like body positivity has sort of watered down uh, from what it actually was in the beginning Mm -hmm. so personally I prefer the words like fat activism and like fat positivity and Mm -hmm. I really want to strive for the marginalized bodies to really uplift and yeah. Of like the marginal marginalized
0: and, bodies. Yeah, and like make space for exactly you know, those the types inclusion of, bodies.
1: of the marginalized bodies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's terrific. And I'm just I love like the representation you have on your Instagram. It actually and I also I never in the past I would like never share an Instagram photo of me in a bathing suit. But I'm so inspired by you because I'm like oh. Rika is so cute in her photos. I'm like taking notes <laughs> from like. Oh. Thank you. That's like, so cute. Oh my god, I love that.
1: Yeah.
0: Like so. I personally,
1: I don't like consider myself to be a huge activist, mm-hmm. uh, but I feel like for me, like the personal is political. So, for example, yeah. like me being, you know, like a, a, you know, you know, existing in a marginalized. Fat body, mm-hmm. you know, being queer, being fat, and like just living my life. I feel like that's kind of a radical notion. So totally, that's what yeah. I want to accomplish. With uh-huh. yeah, this is my form of activism. <laughs> I'm posing in a bikini and like loving yeah. it. So yeah. so I just guess having fun and living my life.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> we'll jump into the listener question portion of the episode and we have about five listener questions for you so the first one is have you ever had the opportunity to work with or write about erotic silent films and I think this question was asked because we just had someone on the show who works in porn (laughs) so everyone has porn on the brain (laughs) yeah I I fail you
1: (laughs) listener whoever you are
0: (laughs) yeah sadly
1: I haven't yet but I would actually I would love to I've been to a bunch of screenings though where they like so show silent erotic films Uh and they're like so interesting just to see how you know the standards of beauty and the standards Mm. I guess of like sexuality have changed throughout the years so if I have more time in the future I promise I will look more into this.
0: Cool. Yeah. Send us (laughs) send us the articles you write about it. We'll share exactly (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So um, yeah. So the next question we have here is: Is there a diet culture in Finland, and what's that like?
1: Yeah, I definitely think there is a diet culture in Finland. I feel like Finland maybe isn't as like quite as obsessed with thin bodies and thinness as maybe the US does, mm-hmm. and like maybe we don't put quite as much value on being a certain size or a weight or a shape mm-hmm. compared to the US. But again, I've never lived in the states, so this is just yeah. my own perception. And of course, we consume most of the entertainment that we consume is. From the States. So,
0: yeah.
1: But yeah, there's in Finland, I feel like there's a strong notion that health equals thinness and that restriction is sort of priced. Mm. And, you know, like self control is considered indicative of strong character. Mm. And I feel like I'm sure it's the same in the US, but certain foods are linked to morality. Goodness is sort of assigned to certain food choices and lifestyles, you know, bad foods and good foods.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can say that's pretty much the same here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, on that note, the next question is How does fat positivity fit into your healthcare? And is it difficult to find healthcare professionals that share the same values as you? So, first of all, the thing in Finland is we
1: also have free healthcare.
0: That's
1: uh, so you don't really the thing is that you don't really have a choice I mean unless there's also like private health care as well mm. but yeah you don't really have a choice choosing the doctor that you like go and see okay. um per se but so it's sort of like you get what you get but it yeah. is free so I think for me I mean I think on an international context I'm sort of like a smaller fat what you know some people might call like a smaller fat like I'm like a US size 16 okay. um, but I think yeah in an international context I think it's like you know on the smaller scale of fatness but in, in Finland I guess I'm like a bit like quite a bit bigger than the average Finn. so I think it's like important to recognize my privilege relating to size and another mm-hmm. one is that I'm healthy it's kind of difficult for someone in the healthcare industry to preach to me about I think like health trolling is one of the biggest problems that I've heard that the U.S. has when you go to you know seek health care and if your arm is broken somehow the healthcare professionals are like oh but you need to lose weight like exactly. even though it's not linked mm-hmm. to your weight at all yeah uh, but that's that's what I hear a, a lot of People on social media comment on that in the U.S.
0: Mm -hmm. Um,
1: But I mean, once when I went to the doctor and we did, you know, all the blood tests, the whole checkup. And then she was like, oh, you're like completely healthy. But I think you should lose weight because you're going to have problems in the future. (laughs) So they're they're like, oh, you're bound to have problems if you don't do something about your weight. And it's just, I'm completely healthy. There's literally nothing... That you can comment on, but mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, you should lose weight," just you know, for the sake of it, I guess. Yeah. So I think the situation is a bit better here than in the US, okay. but then again, I do have some friends who are bigger than me who have definitely encountered like, very hostile attitudes towards their bodies and weight, and
0: yeah. You know. mm-hmm. So the next question is: Do you experience issues with body image in the like the lesbian community? And I think this question is asked because you know that I think those issues exist in the gay male community, you know, with this idea of like fitness. But I'm I'm wondering if it does that exist in the lesbian community?
1: <laughs> like I have a lot of gay, like male gay friends, and I would say it's probably not quite as bad as in the gay side of like queerness mm-hmm. in the lesbian slash like queer community but then again I feel like the lesbian or like the queer ideal is definitely someone like thin and androgynous
0: Mm. which
1: is like the very opposite of what I Mm am but then again I've you know I've been in a relationship like all of my adult life and I also have like a very like striking vintage style look so Mm -hmm. it like attracts attention I would say Mm-hmm. So, but I've never done, you know, like Tinder dating or anything like that. So, I don't really know what it is when you're actually looking for a relationship. Yeah. But uh, but I've never like encountered fat phobia personally in the lesbian community. That's great. Yeah, I feel like like the queer, when you're like a radical queer, people usually like have an understanding of, you know, fat bodies and bad issues and stuff like that. Yeah. But I I still feel like the underlying ideal is definitely something other than, like, a marginalized fat body. So...
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the last question that we have is a question we'd like to ask every guest. If you weren't working as a publicist or working in the film world, what other types of work would you be interested in? I think
1: music is my other big passion. Mm. In life, so I would actually love to be a music, a gig promoter, okay, or maybe like a publicist working in in music or a manager. Mm-hmm. And I I feel like I always have a background career option as a librarian. So <laughs> I, just, I love I love books and I love like archives and yeah. libraries. So I feel like if all else fails, I will become a librarian.
0: Uh-huh. That's great. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Cool. Well, at the end of every episode, I like to ask my guests, what are you looking forward to this week? And it doesn't have to be work-related. Well, first of all, you know, it's like the last days of
1: summer here in Helsinki. Mm. It's getting a bit cold, unfortunately, but I really want to enjoy and make the most of the last days of summer in Mm -hmm. here. And also, I have a very busy week ahead at the film festival, uh, so we're, mm-hmm. like, gearing up for the fest. So it, it'll wow. be a, a busy week. Yeah. This is super fun. So cool. uh, the festival is actually held September 20th to 30th. So if anyone is in Helsinki, then please check <laughs> out our festival. But, yeah, it's, like, yeah, I just love it.
0: Yeah, that's so fun. Well, do you yeah. have anything uh, beyond the festival that you would like to plug or any, like, resources for someone who might want to do publicity for film or film festivals yeah if you are in helsinki do
1: check out our festival our website is hip, uh with two f's Dafi, and we also have an english version of the website so okay. yeah if you're in europe in september definitely this festival it has such a cool atmosphere it's 11 days Wow. I like got 170 feature films and 190 short films, so come and come check us out, and also maybe follow me on Instagram and Twitter, my username is at centuryflapper, awesome. connect with me on social channels, let's be friends. Yeah. I love to meet different like, I, I travel a lot, and, like, mm-hmm. I always love to meet interesting new people,
0: so. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, Rika was just here in San Francisco a couple months ago. I and I think, yeah, we went to the carnival parade, and a handful of my friends got to meet you and Pia. Yeah. And you guys were only there for like maybe like an hour or two, and then you left, and everyone was really sad. They were like, we want them oh. to come back. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So definitely come back to San Francisco, but. I will. Yeah. We actually met in London. So we have like a very
1: international friendship. That's true. Which I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And then we're going to possibly see each other in Finland. Yes.
0: Yeah. I will be. Yeah. I'll be doing a Scandinavian (laughs) tour with episode one guest, Melissa. And actually, possibly, I think she was on episode nine, Crystal, who lives in New okay. York. So I think, yeah, the three of us Perfect. are going to come out. So we'll have a brilliant That's babe. Be so fun. Yeah. Brilliant babe reunion. Exactly. <laughs> Even though you've never That's... met them. <laughs>
1: yeah, but it's big. It's still a reunion.
0: Yeah, totally. <laughs> and
1: I love it. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Rika, thank you so much for being on the show today <laughs> and for taking the time to meet up. I know we're on very different uh-huh. time zones. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah we literally have a 10 hour or a nine hour time difference but thankfully yeah. we were able to make it work
0: so. yes and it's it's sunny where we we both are right now which is kind of it cool is. yeah it is It's yeah weird. we have
1: midnight sun in in finland so it's, oh, that's right it's 9 p.m and it's still quite sunny so even wow. though it's sadly the days are getting uh, shorter but yeah we still have some sun at 9 so yeah that's that's their comforting. <laughs>
0: cool. Well, thanks again, Rika. This was great. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, to learn more about Rika and other topics we've covered on this episode, head over to our website, brilliantbabespodcast.com, where you can listen to previous episodes, check out our event calendar, and get the recipes for the dishes we make for each episode. Today's recipe was Tatiana's incredibly unique avocado toast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and stay tuned for episodes every other Tuesday. Take care, everyone.